Welcome to the Animal Guide for Curious Humans, the podcast that explores the vast world of non-human animals and our relationship to them. I'm your host, Maureen Armstrong. For more information, please visit us at theanimalguide.com. Hi, everyone. Hope you're doing well. You know, animals are obviously not people, but what are they exactly? Are they just things? Are they property? Can they be persons even though they aren't people? On today's episode, I wanted to share with you some background on an interesting and very important legal case that is proceeding in the courts of New York State. It regards the question of whether an elephant is, in legal terms, a person for the purpose of accessing certain legal rights. This case raises so many important issues with respect to the human-non-human-animal relationship, the extraordinary intelligence of elephants in particular, animal ethics and pathways we need to explore to protect animals in a modern civilized society. Over the coming months, we will have the chance to delve deeper into each of these issues, so I wanted to just spend some time today providing you with the background on the case. Let's start with the elephant whose life and well-being are at the center of the matter. Her name is Happy. She is an Asian elephant from Thailand. She weighs about 8,500 pounds, stands somewhere between 8 or 9 feet tall, and is around 20 feet long from trunk to the end of her torso. She was born in 1971 and was kidnapped as an infant from her herd. She, along with six other elephant calves, were purchased by a drive through zoo in California. They were all named for the seven dwarves from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Over the next few years, some died, some were sent to be circus performers, and two, Happy and Grumpy, went to the Bronx Zoo in 1977. Grumpy died in 2000 after a physical altercation with two other elephants at the zoo, Patty and Maxine. Just like people, not all elephants get along. Happy had another elephant companion for a few years, but that elephant died of illness. And since 2006, Happy has been confined to her own enclosure at the Bronx Zoo, away from Patty and Maxine. Maxine was uh, actually euthanized in 2020 after health complications. So Happy lives in an enclosure of about one acre designed to mimic, to some extent, a natural habitat. But for significant portions of the year, she is predominantly indoors in a concrete holding facility that is much smaller. By all known accounts, Happy is well-fed, and there is no suggestion she has been subject to physical abuse in any way. I have no doubt that Happy's handlers care for her very much. While it is a challenge, I think, to draw comparisons, based on size, this is a little akin to a human person living alone in an 800-square-foot apartment that you never leave And for extended periods, you are confined to just one room. Someone brings food and supplies to your door, but maybe they don't speak the same language as you, so your interaction with them is limited. 
you can see outside, you have access to some entertainment, but that is your life and four years and four decades. I'm sure some of you can relate to the effects of isolation and living in close quarters, which we experienced during the pandemic. But for this elephant, happy, the constraints haven't come to an end. A lot has been learned about wildlife and elephants over the past 46 years since Happy first arrived at the zoo. The Bronx Zoo and its parent organization, the Wildlife Conservation Society, have advanced their thinking since that time. The Society is a sophisticated, knowledgeable organization that does very good work helping to protect several wildlife species around the world, including elephants, and educating the public about them. To its credit, the zoo made a decision many years ago not to further acquire elephants. So into the future, the situation Happy is in won't be repeated, at least not at the Bronx Zoo. But what about her? What about Happy and the next several years of her life? So uh, let's talk a little bit about the case itself. In October 2018, the Non-Human Rights Project, which is an American not-for-profit organization, filed what is known as a writ of habeas corpus in New York State on Happy's behalf. The organization is seeking to have Happy recognized as a legal person with a fundamental right to bodily liberty. They want her to be released to an elephant sanctuary where she would have expansive space to move around and the opportunity to socialize with other elephants. The case citation is Non-Human Rights Project v. James Braheny et al. Mr. Braheny is the director of the Bronx Zoo and an executive with the Wildlife Conservation Society. Habeas corpus. So a writ of habeas corpus is a way of bringing a person before the court so it can consider that person's detention and whether due process has been used to detain them. It's generally used in matters where people have been detained by the police or in some other context within the criminal justice system. It is an essential element of the justice system in any society to protect citizens from being detained without due process. In this case, the Non-Human Rights Project is arguing that Happy is a legal person, that she has a fundamental right to bodily liberty, and that that right is being infringed by the zoo who is detaining her. And as a result, that the court should require the zoo to release Happy, preferably to one of two wildlife sanctuaries in the United States who have agreed to take her. So what is a legal person? In law, person doesn't always mean human. It generally means an entity that is capable of having rights and duties. So companies are legal persons. So are homeowners associations, churches, trade unions, etc. By being recognized as legal persons, these entities can uh, enter into contracts, own property, etc. They have certain certain rights that uh, accord to them. 
as a human, we are deemed naturally persons, even if by virtue of some physical or mental impairment or even age, we are not capable of understanding our rights and duties. Children are persons, comatose patients are persons. But the law can still be used to construct legal persons out of things that are not human, just as I mentioned before. And in fact, in New Zealand and India, rivers have been deemed legal persons. So the idea that a non-human animal like Happy the elephant could be a person in legal terms is novel, but it is actually not radical. Turning back to the case, there have been several legal procedural issues in this case, but to make a long story short, uh, the Wildlife Conservation Society sought to have the petition for habeas corpus dismissed. And in a decision of the New York State Supreme Court that was issued in February of 2020, the petition was indeed dismissed. Justice Allison Tewitt of the court stated that she was bound by legal precedents in New York that were set by the appellate division where writs of habeas corpus were deemed unavailable to chimpanzees because primates were not persons. Those earlier cases had also been brought by the Non-Human Rights Project. Basically, the conclusion has been that habeas corpus only applies to humans, not non-humans. However, Justice Tewitt did clearly confirm that happy is, quote, more than just a legal thing or property. She is an intelligent, autonomous being who should be treated with respect and dignity and who may be entitled to liberty, end quote. So in July of 2020, the Non-Human Rights Project filed an appeal in the case to the New York Supreme Court Appellate Division, arguing that Happy is an autonomous being and therefore entitled to a common law right of bodily liberty. More briefs were filed in support of the Non-Human Rights Project, as well as the Bronx Zoo in the appeal. But in December 2020, it was dismissed on the basis that, as set out by the earlier chimpanzee cases, habeas corpus is not available to non-human animals as persons. So in January of 2021, the Non-Human Rights Project asked the New York Court of Appeal to hear the case. This is called seeking leave to appeal because in a situation like this, the court can refuse to hear a matter. However, in May 2021, uh, the Court of Appeal did grant leave to appeal. So the parties have filed their legal arguments and have been responding to various briefs filed by amicus, um, various groups of individuals. Some are filed in favor of the position of the Non-Human Rights Project. Others are filed in favor of the zoo. Everyone is now waiting for the Court of Appeal to set a date for oral argument. It's likely to be sometime this calendar year. We'll dedicate more time on another episode on the legal seesaw around personhood. But what I wanted to posit today is simply this. If the law can create legal personhood for companies 
and even rivers, shouldn't it do so at least for some non-human animals? And shouldn't elephants be one of the species granted that recognition? Elephants are highly intelligent animals. They can recognize themselves in a mirror. That's a sign of self-awareness and cognition, and it is a frequently used uh, research test. Happy herself was administered the mirror test and showed clear awareness that the reflection in the mirror was her, not another elephant. Interestingly, human children generally don't develop that skill until about two years of age. Elephants also use tools. They, can, they have great memories. They can recall large tracts of land and retrace them. They appear to be able to sense death of those they care for. For example, in the days following the death of Lawrence Anthony, a South African conservationist who has been called the elephant whisperer, 20 elephants from two different herds traveled some 10, 12 miles to his home. You can see footage of the elephant uh, uh, cortege on uh, YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes for you, as well as a link to Mr. Anthony's best-selling book from 2009 entitled The Elephant Whisperer, My Life with the Herd in the African Wild. Some more about elephants. They live in matrilineal herds. Females remain together even after reaching adulthood. Adult males can sometimes live alone, but they often stay in small groups. Communication among elephants is very sophisticated and involves a wide range of gestures, flapping of ears, swinging trunks, as well as verbal cues like trumpeting or mumbling. I highly recommend the website elephantvoices.org. There you will find an elephant Ethogram, a full reference guide to elephant behavior, which was created by Dr. Joyce Poole and her partner, Petra Granley. Joyce has a PhD in elephant behavior and has been studying them for over 40 years. Petra has been involved in ecotourism and human elephant conflict management for many years, and he helps bring Joyce's research to the world, including through the elephant ethogram. The Non-Human Rights Project has included in its legal material in the case expert affidavits from several people, including Dr. Poole, regarding the complex cognitive abilities elephants possess that, in their view, justifies happy being given the common law right to bodily liberty. Here is a quote from Justice Tewitt's decision on that point in speaking about the complex cognitive abilities, it stated, these include autonomy, empathy, self-awareness, self-determination, theory of mind, in other words, awareness that others have minds, insight, working memory, an extensive long-term memory that allows them to accumulate social knowledge, the ability to act intentionally and in a goal-oriented manner, and to detect animacy and goal-directedness in others, to understand the physical competence and emotional state of others, imitate, including vocal imitation, 
point and understand pointing, engage in true teaching, taking the pupil's lack of knowledge into account and actively showing them what to do, cooperate and build coalitions, cooperative problem solving, innovative problem solving, and behavioral flexibility, understand causation, intentional communication, including vocalizations to share knowledge and information with others in a manner similar to humans, ostensive behavior that emphasizes the importance of particular communication, wide variety of gestures, signals, and postures, use of specific calls and gestures to plan and discuss a course of action, adjust their plan according to their assessment of risk, and execute the plan in a coordinated manner, complex learning and categorization abilities, and an awareness of and response to death, including grieving behaviors. Doesn't it make sense that an animal species like elephants with that level of complex social behavior and communication skills that live 70 years or more, who normally have daily interaction with others of their kind, doesn't it make sense that they should have fundamental interests recognized under the concept of legal personhood? It is true there exists animal welfare legislation that if violated, could give rise to legal remedies for them. And as previously noted, in Happy's case, she has access to excellent healthcare and nutrition. Uh, by all accounts, she's being very well cared for. So those animal welfare standards are not typically at play here. There's no indication that the Bronx Zoo has violated any animal welfare standards set by the American Animal Welfare Act or the Elephant Management and Care Standards established by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. But at the end of the day, one has to question how an elephant can have a quality of life in the circumstances Happy is facing. And why shouldn't there be a legal remedy to address that? As I noted earlier, in future episodes, we will look more closely at several issues presented by this case, elephants and what makes them special, how the law views animals generally, and more about habeas corpus and applying it to them, theological perspectives on the treatment of animals, and how some countries of the world are, are already recognizing animal rights in a way that the United States, Canada, and many others are not. In the meantime, I would love to get your feedback on this matter. What do you think? Should elephants and other highly intelligent species be deemed legal persons? Please drop me a note at info at theanimalguide.com or on our social media. I'm on Twitter, at Animals4, the number four curious, at Animals4 Curious. Facebook and Instagram are Maureen Animal Guide. Until next time, all the best to you and the animals in your life.